Welcome to It's Broadway, bitch. I'm Alana. I'm the Broadway. I'm Christina. I'm the bitch. This is a podcast where I, Alana, the theater expert, explain the plot of a musical to Christina, the willfully ignorant. Christina will weigh in on her initial thoughts. Then we'll go watch the musical with varying degrees of sobriety. We then reconvene and Christina gives us the hot take. So we are back today for a very special episode. (laughs) 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 because we just um sent a music and it brought to mind another non-themed childhood classic of mine (laughs) that a lot of told me she's never watched so welcome to our sister act episode yeah we christina's the broadway this week and i'm the bitch yep (laughs) (laughs) tell me everything you know about sister act um i know that nuns are related nuns are featured I know that Whoopi Goldberg was either in the movie or the original Broadway show, maybe both, but I'm not sure. I think perhaps both. And I know that at one point there was a revival and Raven Simone played whoever Whoopi Goldberg played. You and I had that discussion and it was a casting choice that I enjoyed. Yes. Something that I need to tell you about um, the actual production is it's, so it does star Whoopi Goldberg. We will be seeing Whoopi Goldberg in action. It also stars Maggie Smith. And what? <laughs> like Dame? Like Dame yeah. Maggie Smith? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Kathleen Jimmy, which you know from uh, Hocus Pocus, she was uh, one who could smell children. Oh, shit. The yeah. one who wasn't Bette Midler or Sarah Je- Jessica Parker, the other one? Yep. Oh, yep. my God. <laughs> and then there's some other names that I don't recognize, such as uh, Wendy McKenna, Mary Wicks, and Harvey Keitel? Keitel? Okay, I thought I'd throw those out there in case yeah. you knew it. I don't, but that doesn't mean other people won't. That's fair. The reason that I am familiar with this, and it it doesn't, it is much more like a movie with music than it is like a movie musical. I am familiar with it because I spent a lot of time like at my grandparents' house, and it was one of those things that for some reason was always on TV, and we had the VHS of it. And so it was something that I actually watched like quite a bit. And I'm going to read you the plot because while I've seen it like probably 20 times, I don't remember the actual plot of a lot of it. I know there's a lot that I'm missing because I haven't watched it for probably over 15 years. (laughs) So... In 1968, Dolores Wilson is a young Catholic school student who is less than serious about her studies, much to the chagrin of her teachers who are nuns. And and Dolores Wilson is whoopee. Perfect. In the present, the adult Dolores is a lounge singer in Rito, Nevada, performing as Dolores Van Cartier. After Dolores witnesses her gangster boyfriend, Vince LaRocca, execute an informant police... Holy shit! (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we jumped in. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. This is a children's show. After she witnesses her boyfriend Vince LaRocca execute an informant, police lieutenant Annie Souther places her in witness protection. She's brought to St. Catherine's Convent in St. Catherine's Parish, located in a rundown neighborhood in San Francisco. Dolores initially objects and then relents. Jesus Christ, that is not how I thought yeah. she got to that convent. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the Reverend Mother, who was Maggie Smith, the oh head God. nun of St. Catherine's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
objects to taking Dolores in, but Monsignor O'Hara, who is the local parish priest, convinces her to go along with it because the police will pay the failing convent a good sum of money. Disguised as Sister Mary Clarence, Dolores struggles with the rigid convent life, but starts to befriend the other nuns, including the perky Sister Mary Patrick, which is um, Kathy Nijimi, the shy Sister Mary Robert, who is, oh my god, she's this little redhead, and she doesn't talk, and then so what you'll learn is that Dolores will start a, a choir for the nuns and she has a great voice. And then elderly sister Mary Lazarus, who is also hilarious. One night after a poorly attended wait, Sunday so, mass with a lagless You yeah. I was waiting for a pause between sentences. It never happened. Um does how does a convent fail? Like they're not like a I assume it's a non they're in San Francisco right? and it's it's Catholicism. They're just not getting donations because Catholics depend for all of their money on like the generous giving of their patrons right yeah but it's san francisco catholicism is dead here okay so there's no patrons okay <laughs> it's not fun to go to church and they're shit they're they're in maggie smith is like not fun in this okay she's fun but she's like not fun yeah so she starts to befriend these sisters we have a perky one a shy one and an elderly one one night after a poorly attended sunday mass with a lackluster performance from the convent choir by Mary Lazarus, the older uh, one, Dolores sneaks out to a bar, followed by Mary Patrick and Mary Robert. So we have three nuns at a bar. <laughs> and most of them are named Mary. <laughs> yeah. All of them are named Mary. They are caught by the Reverend Mother and Dolores is forced to join. <laughs> Why wasn't Reverend Mother there? That's hilarious. <laughs> um, I'm sure that she wasn't. I'm sure that she had an informant. And Dolores is forced to join the struggling choir. So this is her penance for breaking the rules. With her singing experience, Dolores is elected their director, and she works to transform the choir. At the next Sunday Mass, Dolores leads the much-improved choir in a traditional performance of Hail, Holy Queen, then shifts to combined gospel and rock and roll and into a combined gospel and rock and roll interpretation. It's a really fun, it's yeah. a really fun thing. Although the Reverend Mother is infuriated, Monsignor O'Hara congratulates the choir's unorthodox performance for attracting new people to the service. Convinced by Dolores, he allows the nuns to clean the church in the neighborhood. Their singing efforts and efforts to revitalize the neighborhood attract media attention, and the parish, start, parish starts to thrive. Souther chastises Dolores for nearly being exposed in national t- television because Vince has placed a bounty on her head. Because remember, she's in witness protection. Oh my god. <laughs> Dolores assures him that... She will try to keep a lower profile, and Southern attends a mass. The choir continues to amaze parishioners and visitors, especially with a rendition of My Guy, rewritten as My God. <laughs> my Guy. No, that's My Girl, but whatever. <laughs> O'Hara informs the convent that Pope John Paul II, having heard of a choir's success, will visit the church. Oh, Dolores tells the Reverend Mother that Vince's upcoming trial means she'll soon leave and the Reverend Mother reveals that she has resigned, believing she is no longer of use to the convent because her authority was undermined. Uh, Dolores, so this whole thing is like, she's a really strict Reverend Mother. She's kind of like mean. um, And she thinks that she can't keep up with this newfangled way that religion is going. So she's like, I'm no longer, I just can't, I'm not here anymore. So Dolores tries to convince her to stay, but the Reverend Mother believes herself too old-fashioned and incapable, incapable to continue. Souther discovers a corrupt detective in his own department who has given Dolores' location to Vince and rushes to San Francisco to warn Dolores. She and Mary Robert are kidnapped by Vince's men, but Dolores 
Yeah. <laughs> Dolores helps her escape after the Reverend Mother reveals Dolores' identity to the nuns and why she has been hiding in their convent, and they decide to go to her rescue, requesting a helicopter pilot to fly them to Reno. This is a wild chasing. It, it is a wild... You will love this. Vince orders his men to kill Dolores, but they cannot bring themselves to shoot her while she's dressed as a nun. Because oh again, she's a nun in this, and she's with her sister nun. Arriving at Vince's casino, the nuns find Dolores after she escapes from Vince's men. They become trapped in the casino lounge, and Dolores prepares to sacrifice herself. Before Vince can shoot her, Souther arrives and arrests Vince and his men. Arrests Vince and his men. Thanking Dolores for what she has done, the Reverend Mother decides to remain at the convent. Returning to San Francisco, the choir led by Dolores saying, I will follow him, um, which goes, I will follow him, you know, uh, to a packed audience in a refurbished St. Catherine's, receiving a standing ovation from all, including the Pope, Monsignor O'Hara, and Souther. Dolores <laughs> continues to guide and coach the choir as a singing tour group, a touring group. That's, that's the wild. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Um, I so, get the significance of the title Sister Act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, something that I, I think is important to remember is, like, a big part of why this is a success is, like, not only does she come and, like, bring fun to it, but she, like, they do a lot to, like, help the poverty-stricken neighborhood of San Francisco in which the convent lives. Um, and they, like, do a lot of giving back to the community, and so the community becomes a lot more involved with the church, and that's why they're thriving so much. It's a really heartwarming show from what I remember. Yeah. Um, I have a few follow-up questions. Um, when did it come out? When did, like, the movie versus, like, the show on Broadway? Sounds um, like, was it, like, a movie first and then became a show? What's the... I can also Google that. I don't, I don't know, but the release date was May 29th, 1992. It's a hundred minutes long. Okay. So like uh, it, half movie. Yeah. Um, one of the more financially successful comedies of the early nineties, thing, two hundred thirty-one million worldwide. The film spawned a franchise, was consists of the nineteen ninety-three Sister Act two, Back in the Habit, <laughs> and a musical <laughs> adaptation. It's also it's not as good, but it's still good. And a musical adaptation, which premiered in 2006, a remake of Sister Act is in the works. Okay. Okay. So it was a movie before it was a musical. Yes, I think it's so. now. Hold on. There's a, there's, a sec- there's a section on the musical. 2006. Yeah, it looks it like it went to- It was open in the Pasadena Playhouse. Yeah. It looks like it went to the West End before it went to Broadway. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing it in, on, like- because that was around the year where I started watching the Tonys because it was hosted by Neil Patrick Harris for a few years in a row. Mm -hmm. And I remember when this was there, but for some reason I thought it was a revival. For some reason I just thought that it was older. Um, It's because the movie itself is from 1992 and that for some reason feels like a very long turnaround time because it didn't really go, it opened on Broadway in 2011. So even though the musical was there for a while, like... Yeah, they had to go through a few iterations before it made it there. Yeah, that's almost 20 years after the premiere of the movie. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, That informs Mm -hmm. how, because I'm trying to, I don't know any of the songs. I wouldn't be able to name you anything. So I'm just trying to get a sense of what the sound is. You will know them as soon as you hear them. Okay. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, you know how like Christian rock songs are just like covers of popular songs, but with God or him instead of like the names of the people. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of that. Um, but also, all the song- songs are super recognizable. It's yeah. very 
very like Diana Summers, like disco centric. It's very fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can get behind that. It's on Disney Plus. Oh my god, amazing. Um, we can actually group watch that when you We have, should group watch that, yeah. When you have the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's a fun one. It's a really fun thing. And it's pretty short. And it stars Whoopi Goldberg, who is like another a treasure icon of from my youth. Yeah. And it also does tackle like because Whoopi Goldberg is pretty much the only black nun. She is the only black nun that I can remember. Um, and it's in a pretty diverse area of San Francisco. And so she does a lot of like bridging the gap between like what privileged religion people and like communities of color uh and i think for its time it it is pretty good yeah well i'm excited yeah i very rarely get to walk into a musical without knowing anything about it at all um so i'm stoked because i well i know what to expect but i don't totally know what to expect you know yeah, based off of your reaction, your reaction to just the words that I said in succession were just, like, wild. You were like, I was not ready! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't make a lot of vocal reactions, but I did have some very, like, intense facial reactions to it. Yeah, I think the part that you, like, weren't ready for, you weren't ready for a lot of it, because you all you knew is, like, a nun thing with Whoopi Goldberg, but you weren't ready for, like, a Reno singer who, who witnesses the execution of a Yeah, girl. the execution <laughs> is what threw me, for sure. There is, it is actually life and death in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that the act was because of witness protection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what a so, fun, zany thing. <laughs> what a hilarious time. Um... But yeah, I can't wait to watch this yeah. video. Um, well, listeners, sorry, I was totally interrupted. That's okay. Uh, listeners, please watch along with us. It's on Disney+. Plus. That's the end of my thought. <laughs> um, we can all experience it for the first time or for the millionth time together. It'll be a good time. Yeah. I can't wait to be the bitch. I'm so excited. I'll have to I take know. notes. I'll have to I like... might. Okay. I will see you. I'll see you tomorrow, but I'll talk to you in a week about this particular production. Yeah, you got it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey listeners, Alana and I make no money from this currently, and we would like to because we have fun doing it, and in order to keep up our subscriptions and watch things legally, we gotta pay for them. So, here's an ad of someone who does not sponsor us, but of someone we would like to sponsor us because we either already use their products or want to try them. Listen, Fenty, let's talk, because Rihanna, I got titties, and I wouldn't mind having the material embodiment of your hands supporting these tits sponsor us i don't know about you guys but since quarantine has started i have been (laughs) drinking a lot and i really like wine so a service that i've been using is bright sellers which is a wine subscription service they are not sponsoring me but i sure would like to be sponsored by them because i'm a big consumer of their products so when you first sign up for bright sellers You take a quick little quiz that sort of analyzes your favorite flavor profile. It's questions like, what's your favorite kind of chocolate, milk, dark, or white? And uh, are you more of a coffee or a tea person? So little questions like that, that just sort of get to know the root of the things that you like. And then they recommend a selection of five different wines that they send to you in a big old box. Um, And they ask if you have preferences for white or red, or if you want to choose something that's a little more safe or if you want to try a wine that's a little more um, exciting and novel. 
Um, or you can just ask them to surprise you and they just give you something that they think that you would like. And they send them to you and they give you very clear instructions on like exactly how to store the wine and what temperature you should be chilling wines. And did you know that you're actually supposed to chill red wines a little bit before you drink them? I did not actually know that. I thought it was supposed to be room temperature always and that cold red wine was bad. But I learned from Bright Cellars that you actually are supposed to chill it for a couple of minutes depending on how full-bodied or the medium or the finish. See, I'm learning all sorts of wine words to enjoy it at its most flavorful, you know? Uh, so if you like wine, Bright Cellars is for you. Sponsor us. Hashtag not sponsored, but hashtag would like to be. Uh, remember when the Buckeye Bees put out a song that was like very, very insensitive? That was not titled Let's Get It Started in Here. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that could be a number of songs. <laughs> remember the Black Eyed Peas? Barely. <laughs> I only, let me tell you, I only remember the Black Eyed Peas because I was at a wedding this weekend and not once have I ever been to an event that had a DJ that did not play I Got a Feeling. I've never, that's never happened. And every time it happens, um, when they talk about, uh, when they say Mazel Tov and L'Chaim in yeah. the summer, I feel represented in the okay. media, in the popular media, in a, in a positive light. Yeah, forget <laughs> the entire Jewish community just owning Hollywood. It's when they say L'Chaim and let's get it started that you feel represented. Um, it's I got a feeling, not let's get it started. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, is it just me or is like the entirety of the Black Eyed Peas just Fergie and Will I Am? I know that there's like a random Jewish white guy in the background, but... I got, I mean, I, I got nothing. You got a feeling? Here they are. I, I got a feeling. <laughs> Tonight's going to be a great night. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> but like, when, have you, I don't remember when the song came out, but can you recall an event in which there was a higher DJ where that song has not played since genuinely, its inception? Genuinely, that song is prehistoric. It predates all of human history. <laughs> <laughs> They were like they were looking at a Egyptian hieroglyphs going, I I got a feeling. Oh, on okay, tonight's day, gonna be a good night. On the first day there was but, black eyed peas. <laughs> on the second day there was light. <laughs> the sun rose on the first day of conception. To, I got a feeling. <laughs> I'm going to like mass extinction events and just being like, I want. It was playing when we were born. It will play when we die. <laughs> okay. Well, good evening to you. I was gonna say uh, that's it. That's my time. <laughs> Give me the light. <laughs> um, I think we should probably address something that we did not address last week because we didn't even like think about it, and we probably should have addressed in the first part and not the second part, but. Welcome to our second part of me being the Broadway. Um, we took a week off like two weeks ago because honestly, life cray and there's a pandemic and anxiety exists. Um, <laughs> and you know, we're just living. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're here today to talk about a very excellent, holy, spiritual experience deep in my heart. Minus any of the religious stuff. Um, sister act. <laughs> My introduction to Whoopi Goldberg's acting and singing career. <laughs> She's a good singer, right? She's a good singer. 
Um, so what did you think? You've seen it? How are your, give me your general thoughts. Um, I cannot believe I had never seen it. I wish that I had seen it when I was but a wee bab. I think it would have been extremely, I think it would have been as important to me as it was to you if I had seen it at a similar age as you. I think it would have a similar, like, foundation to my personality. This is my Into the Woods. Yeah. Um, no, I get, I get it. <laughs> I, I, I know that it's like slightly different when you're watching things for the first time because you're. It is a lot of new information, and I think that you're in a place to like really benefit from like you can actually understand the depth of like the sex jokes, not just like yeah. But for me, when I was watching it again because I haven't watched it in so long, I was smiling the whole time. I was like completely like unironically smiling. I, I sensed that from you. <laughs> And I felt similar. I really did. Um, I did. I I understand where you're coming from now when we have the first part of this podcast and the plot is told to you and you retain none of it. (laughs) Um, I do nothing but give you shit for that. And now that it was reversed, um, a similar thing occurred because it got to the point where, you know, she witnessed a murder. (laughs) And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, the sister act <laughs> has so many meanings. <laughs> yeah. Because she was both acting as a sister. She's also joining like a true like sisterhood of friends. And the sisters are an act musically. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many layers. <laughs> um <laughs> Whoopi Gold. This is truly like Kathy and Jimmy and Whoopi Goldberg did a lot of forming of my like childhood idea of what is funny, <laughs> which is like I didn't realize that at the time, but now looking back at it, I'm like, oh my god, there's a- I-, I have so much nostalgia, and not just for like the words because the dialogue is good. It's I think like we definitely don't have any rules with this podcast, but if there were any, we would have to dis- differentiate between like. A movie musical and a musical movie and this is much more a musical movie than it is a music movie musical but um, i could track exactly where the switch could happen like yeah. it is a movie actually begging to be a musical like i get why they did it yeah um and it has like a lot of the a lot of the reworkings of the songs because they're all essentially covers that if you were into christian music at any point you've heard before in some iteration um i was not but i had friends you know and (laughs) it's they do a very good job of like creating the story in a believable way and making you empathize with the characters and then investing you in the in the quality and the enjoyment of the choir yeah no i am with that i retained exactly nobody's names i know that about 12 of them were named mary um they're they're all named mary if they originally like jumped into the convent at that particular convent because it's in reference to their their jesus's mother you know yeah um who what was the name of the young one who was dressed like maria in sound of music is dressed mary robert oh my god i loved her yeah she was my favorite she was such a sweet little i mean they were all sweet little babs Mm -hmm. um but oh my god homegirl could sing and i was so i i thought all of the music was so delightful 
Anytime they sang the moment that Whoopi Goldberg started directing that choir, I was like, I get it. <laughs> I am here for it. This is not my normal genre of music, but they are so cute and they are so lovely. And I like how every single song gives everybody a solo and they're all so lovely and cute. I really enjoyed it. It made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> Yeah, they do concentrate a lot on, like, building the relationship between women. And I think it, like, it really strikes me as something out of its time, especially as, like, a children's slash family movie um, in a time with a Black female lead, a Black male lead um, in The Detective. It's not a savior story. It is a, a feminist story about relationships. And there is, like, there are some addressing of like race dynamics in there especially you know looking at specifically having a black detective as your head detective and like having the white guys be the mafia and be the bad guys I think there is like some unintentional and very good addressing of some big themes that in a children's slash families movie like it just does one of the best jobs with the characters and the story um, yeah, they also had a few opportunities to, like, outwardly mention something about how, like, obviously Whoopi Goldberg is the only black nun here. Um, and I think we made a few comments about it to each other back and forth mm -hmm. in the sort of end sequence when they're back in Reno and all of the nuns are back in Reno and they're in the casino <laughs> trying to run from the mafia guy. And um, they're all being a distraction because all the, like, <laughs> they all look the same. Except for they're all yeah, white. <laughs> yeah, like, um, all they know is that they're looking for someone in a nun costume, and they have no sense of distinguishing faces outside of that. <laughs> yeah. So they're, like, pulling nuns around, and it's just, like, you know, an old white lady, and it's not the nun that they were looking for, and they can't, like, put it to, like, I appreciated that they tried, I guess I appreciate, not, that's the wrong word, but, like, they kept it colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they also like in moments of like extreme in moments of like okay obviously this person is black and that is leading to a difference in the way the character would act they address it you know we have like a a few like my black asses and these white ladies yeah. and and not in a way that I I mean I'm not a black lady so truly I cannot I cannot endorse or condemn this this is not up to me um but I thought for its time, I was really proud of what it gave us. It's, it holds up. Side note, I I mean, I don't want to know all that much because it's not the focus of it and I don't care. But like, what connection could have possibly happened for Whoopi Goldberg and the mafia guy to like get together at all? You know, like why? I don't understand how that began. He's not hot. <laughs> she didn't know that he was in the mafia. All she knew was that he was married to someone that he did not seem to like very much. Maybe he's rich. Maybe. But um, like, he couldn't bother even like, like that one beautiful, fabulous purple coat that he gives her. I was going to say. Was the white coat? Yeah. Like, it wasn't even like a new coat. So how yeah. rich can he be if he can't shell out on a new coat? I, I don't think that that was the purpose. Oh well, yeah, that. It, it was just like a I I had this out of hand already kind of thing. 
was he like her manager also like how did they even really so know each other it's, in, it's implied that he got her the job her career was failing and he got her the job doing the the singing and the main stage performance at his casino um, okay so and so i would or... assume that he met her while i'm putting this in air quotes scouting talent um yeah. for stage act and he probably hit on her and I mean, yeah, he he's clearly not as attractive as Whoopi Goldberg. Um, no. <laughs> and doesn't seem to, like, have a lot going for him. But I think in that capacity, he would very clearly be, like, the guy to sleep with to get a gig, you know? Yeah, okay, that's fair. And she did seem, like, invested in their relationship. She did yeah. ask him if he was going to leave his wife for her. And then he said no. And then he misunderstood her, ups- her upset state and was like, well, fine, I'll eat the dinner that you cooked and she was like well no that's not i'm not upset because yeah it was it was right around the beginning there where i was like like having a hard time tracking if this was like a goofy campy comedy or if we were like like i think it took it a little bit to sort of figure out what it was trying to do yeah but once she like got to the convent and we like met maggie smith and uh she meets the other nuns and they're like standing at the banquet table and uh kathy what's her last name i never Najimi is like a wonderful lady who like says something out loud and like breaks the tension that's mm-hmm. when it became like a fun campy comedy for me and i i understood where we were not campy i guess campy is the wrong word but like i think campy is entirely accurate I, it, but it's not a comedy up until that point it's yeah very it takes depressing. a while to get there but like i think a good representation of the movie for me is well i think Anytime they sing, but also that ending sequence where all the nuns are there. I think that that was finally like the, I get what kind of movie this is now. I'm here for it. Um, when it's Maggie Smith being like, oh, we must put like being Maggie Smith being like proper, but like, you know, when they're all like climbing into the helicopter and it's like yeah, a clown it's a car and nuns. it's a slapstick comedy like they it goes yeah. from a, genuinely a, a like person being persecuted because she witnessed a murder to like ten thousand nuns fitting in a tiny helicopter and then all of them being white and being mistaken for the one black nun and like then it, the hitman being like, I can't shoot a nun. Yeah, it's the... Even the when entire... he's like, she's not a real nun. <laughs> you know her. <laughs> yeah. But they're, I mean, they're Catholic. So it's a, yeah. it's very important to the story that we know that they are like part of the Italian mafia and they are very Catholic. And the priest said, no, he can't leave his wife because he'll burn in hell for the rest of all, all time, even though he found the love of his life. That's true. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. So overall, you enjoyed. Yes, overall, I did enjoy. Absolutely. Um, really just because fun. I couldn't tell what kind of movie it was doesn't I mean I didn't enjoy the lead up to it. Like, yeah. I definitely enjoyed the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to try and go through song by song? Or are you happy just to kind of, like, give any final thoughts? Um, I'm happy to, cause, because, it, as we discussed, it's not a movie musical. It's a movie. it's a musical movie um so the musical moments are like when they actually physically sing and then like strategically placed like soundtrack moments so there's not like performance to necessarily critique except for maybe her lounge song Mm -hmm. which i like their cost i love 
all the costumes in this movie. I loved like the costumes that were not like the nine outfits because there's not a lot of leeway you can take with those. Every single goddamn thing that Whoopi Goldberg wore was incredible. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Yeah, honestly, the costuming is great. The music is really fun. She does a great job singing. Like it's it's the first time I heard her sing ever. Um, was when I watched this, and it was it reminded me why she like egotted, you know. Because yeah. she has a Grammy. Yeah. I don't know if it's for this, but like she did a great job. I don't job. think it's for this. I would um, not. But like just running through the plot. So she sees a murder. She runs. She goes to the police. They take her to a convent. We had learned previously that she did not like being in Catholic school when she was a young kid. And we meet Maggie Smith, who is very upset that she's there. Oh, it was such a delight to see her grace my screen. I had forgotten that she was in this. Oh my god, so perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. An icon. She's so good, and it really, it's so funny, because, like, I know her best as uh, McGonagall, and it's so I'm... funny to see her so much earlier playing the same kind of character. Yeah! <laughs> and we find out that the convent is slowly dying. It's running out of money, and the police department is giving a big donation, and that's incentive to take in um Whoopi Goldberg's character and then she is introduced to the convent at which point she is given like a vow of silence and she starts to basically annoy everyone <laughs> <laughs> well really she just annoys Maggie Smith um and everyone well, starts to like her that scene with the first dinner is yeah. very good where she's eating um and she's like this food's fucking disgusting <laughs> and Maggie Smith is like maybe you should try fucking fasting also, we should try being fucking silent. So <laughs> shut up and eat nothing. <laughs> um, I was honestly, I was like, wow, it is insane that they made that was that didn't sit with me as funny as it had in previous times to make the one black person the only person who's fasting. Um, especially like after she had been allegedly running for a couple days, I imagine that eating was probably high on the priority list. Um yeah, I think we're not supposed to be reading into it that much. Yeah, probably not. I um, think we're supposed to have assumed that she has been eating fine prior to this moment. I think my favorite nun conversation that happens um, that's not from Whoopi Goldberg is when uh, Sister Lazarus talks about when she was in, I want to say the Pacific Northwest, in like <laughs> a convent in the woods where they were running barefoot and hunting for their own food. <laughs> <laughs> is is uh, Mary Lazarus the She's a really old choir? One. Yes, yeah. And she was like, "Oh, it was hell! I loved it." <laughs> Mary Lazarus has seen some shit. <laughs> they were, they were like, it was. She just the amount of things that came out of her mouth. I was like, "Oh, it makes sense why you're dead because you are clearly a lesbian." <laughs> um, but and sex then, is illegal. So sex is illegal. Um, and we even like kind of have a little like singing is better than sex line out of Whoopi Goldberg and everyone pauses <laughs> because who would know? <laughs> who would know? Um, and then I think another favorite is the bar scene when she is trying to escape to get. Oh, a drink. I forgot. How could I? Because <laughs> it's maybe the best scene in the movie. <laughs> oh my god! When the guy is like, "Oh, is this going to be a nun's bar now?" <laughs> Well, 
I, I would go to that bar every day. It's so funny because our previous interaction, we've had um, Kathy Nujimi's character who loves everyone. And then we've had, we had Sister Mary Robert who offered an olive branch to Whoopi Goldberg's character via an alarm clock that her brother had given to her um, because Whoopi Goldberg was not down to wake up at 5 a.m. Oh, but it, it's so sweet. <laughs> it's a really sweet moment. Um, Whoopi Goldberg looks out her window and she sees a bar and she's like, I'm going to fucking get a drink. And she walks across the street and these two sisters follow her and she goes into the bar and everyone's looking at her sideways and she doesn't forget for one minute that she's in a nun costume and she is she is the definition of like a mean nun to everyone who questions her oh it's very good yeah because uh she gets like a like a little harassed by the Mm -hmm. dudes there um i forget how it starts but i know at one point she's like going over to the jukebox and he's like hey nun you want to dance and she was like bold of you to assume you have any rhythm (laughs) yeah not dancing with you bitch (laughs) then she goes over and she's like get me get me a coke (laughs) yeah she like does the thing where she holds someone's ear and says young man get your feet down from that stool (laughs) so she can have a seat and then she orders a coke and then we see sister mary robert and kathy and jimmy like cheer their way into the bar Oh, it's very, very good. <laughs> and because it's San Francisco, it's like Whoopi Goldberg's character doesn't need an explanation to be in a nun costume, but when yeah. the next two are in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a really pure scene where Kathy and Jimmy get so excited to be in the bar and she chooses a jukebox song and she picks someone and they just start dancing and everyone is having a great time and it's so pure and good-hearted and that's when they're like it's a nun's bar now (laughs) we have to find somewhere else to go (laughs) yeah to harass women and be disrespectful to god (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah so overall it was a good time yeah i think another standout scene for me um was the very end when they when the mafia has recaptured her and they're holding oh, her my goodness. and um she's just doing her whole like i forgive you <laughs> um yeah. god forgives you um and that's when the henchmen are like uh dudes i think that she really means it and she's really changed and the ex is like fucking no she's she's lying (laughs) to save her ass and she's just like stone cold like i forgive you for your sins (laughs) and i was like that's the power move that i can never do and then followed up the power move that i do all the time which is when a hundred nuns were assaulting (laughs) accosting a helicopter driver and he said no and they were like Dear God, please don't smite this man <laughs> for turning away your servants in their time of need. <laughs> the most guilt. I think my favorite line in the whole thing, so simple but so brilliant, at the very end when they are arresting Mafia Guy, and she's like, I only have two words for you. And then they stop her. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's just like, Bless you. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg does a great leading up to a curse word and very harshly insinuating it. And then for some reason, making the words sound different than they came out, you know? 
<laughs> she does a great job of saying fuck you without saying the words fuck you. Yeah. No, at bless you, I like laughed out loud. I did like a <laughs> like to myself in my room. I like made an audible noise. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, like, the other thing that they, like, don't really focus on, but they weave it into the narrative is, like, her presence there didn't just improve the choir. It, like, reinvigorated the community service that the Catholic Church is supposed to do in the neighborhoods. Like, it didn't necessarily reinvigorate the community's belief in God, but, like, it gave back to everyone else. Yeah, um, I know that their singing was supposed to be a fundraiser for their own church. And there was like some weird language around it where I know Whoopi Goldberg at some point was like, oh, I have a show in five minutes. And I yeah. think the cop has to be like, excuse me, this is not like a piece of theater. <laughs> like, yeah. This is your cover story. And I should not have seen you on the news for this. Mm-hmm. Um but it does make way for some fun scenes because there are those just like random young people that when they do their first ever like performance, just sort of wander in at the sound of like, not the kind of music that I would think that crowd would be into. Mm-hmm. And especially because the gates are still up at that point. Like at this point, the church is still physically gated off from the community. They haven't taken down the gates or painted them yet. So it's yeah. like bold of them to walk in there you know and they do have like this church choir does have some rockin' like gospel tunes mm-hmm. but the initial attraction of the young people with the cool moves outside didn't happen at those songs it happened when that one like kind of corny one that was like i love god so much like i don't remember exactly what it was but you know that first there one was i did? will follow him follow i him think so he may go yeah, like the very first one where like uh young Maria Nunn has her first like big old solo. Yes. Like Yeah. And it's well, it's also supposed to be funny because those are the songs that we were introduced to um Whoopi Goldberg singing. Those were her act songs in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, that's very clever. <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah. Oh my were- god. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. No, that's funny. Um, it's funny because it means that she, you know, before she got into just like the power of the music and was just using it to relive her career. Um, before she, I, that's I like that. That's good shit. They this is a, one of those that like they do have a lot of small moments that are significant. Yeah, um, it's a really fun one for that way because you can really dissect so many different parts of it. Yeah. Oh shit. And then we meet the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> and the credits. It's very funny. It's very funny. Um, and then Whoopi Goldberg's career is reinvigorated and she gets to be on in front of like Time magazine. And yeah, which is like, I don't know if that's necessarily like person of the year material, but sure. Yeah, it was, like it was a really her. exciting thing. I think I yeah. like that for them. I truly have nothing else to say. I just have more like gushy things. So, well, let's hear your gushy things. Well, it's just the same kind of stuff. I think it's a really fun movie. I think that it's an excellent performance by everyone. There's some really big name actors in there who do a great job at delivering like a very innocent movie with actually some really important life lessons. And at every single point, I like, I laughed, I smiled. There was, I was invested in it. 
Um, and Matt watched it with me and it was the first time in a long time that Matt had watched it. And he was like, I forgot so much of this and it's all so important and really exciting. And I was like, yeah, it's so heartwarming. Yeah. Um, it makes me want to find some way to watch the musical version. I don't know if there's a legal way, so it might not be anything that we can talk about here. Um, but I do know that the original Broadway production starred a couple of Broadway people that I have a lot of interest in. I think um, Whoopi Goldberg's part was played by Patina Miller, who was a really awesome Broadway lady. Um, she was in the revival of Pippin, which is for the Broadways out there. She was also in uh, The Hunger Games. She was in Mockingjay. She was that character whose name I cannot remember. Um, she is the one that becomes president after uh, Julianne Moore becomes president and then Katniss kills her. Like the one that steps up after that. She's like a black lady. Okay, I believe you. I just have so little memory of any. I can't remember her name because once we get to Mockingjay, I lose track of everybody's names. I I didn't read the books and I did not really pay attention to the movies. You didn't read the books? No, because they were becoming big when my sister was like getting into chapter books and I was like so beyond that. So I was like, I'm not going to read something that my little sister is reading. I'm just Googling it really quick because I'm not going to be able to continue life. She plays Commander Paler for those who care. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I, I think um, if our listeners are interested, truly reach out to us. Tell us if you are interested in the bootleg content. Um, if it's something that we can't do on here, it might be something that we can do via Patreon is review bootleg things. Um, <laughs> and we would love if you do have a legal way to obtain it let us know i know my my official stance on bootlegs is that i'm neutral and i have no opinion <laughs> if you pay us for an opinion i'll give you an opinion i feel nothing about them legally <laughs> <laughs> i'm remembering that um you remember when you still had like dvds and you would go to the theater and they would have like you wouldn't steal a purse would you you wouldn't steal a car, would oh, you? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I don't need that. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I get... So they're stealing movies, mm-hmm. which is one thing, because it costs $15 to see them, which is, like, pricey. But then there's live Broadway performances, which cost $300 and are only in one spot over here in the world. So the accessibility is way, way lower <laughs> So not that I have any particular stance on them, but I'm sure you can tell how I feel. (laughs) Well, I also think that's like, it's supposed to be the point of something like Broadway HD is to document and make available such, such. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And they're wildly underperforming in that arena. So, yeah. Which like, I, I I mean, that's the future because of COVID. Um, I'm surprised we didn't get more, but maybe we will from now on. Who's to I say? I think we found our new career is that we're going to curate a musical movie, m- movie musical streaming service. Yeah. One that's better than Broadway HD. Yeah. Well, we let us know. We can like contact the players in all of the plays and get their recordings and we'll just compile them and make them available for $5.99 a day. <laughs> that's very specific <laughs> i feel like 5.99 a month was a thing for like hulu for a long time yeah or like spotify 5.99 with ads yeah 
<laughs> Full price here if you don't want ads. <laughs> we gotta make a living. <laughs> Look, girls gotta eat. <laughs> anyway, final thoughts. Um, big yes. Cool. Big yes. I'm, I'm really happy that you enjoyed it. I'm really glad that you did. We should watch the sequel. I think it has a dumb name. Sister Act 2 is actually really good. <laughs> it's really good. Matt really likes it. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's like equally important. <laughs> um, something we should add to our list after this is Nonsense, which I know are all on either Broadway HD or on Disney Plus. It's one of those. But we seem to have a good like nun theme going. <laughs> so yeah. why don't we just explore that? <laughs> Let's do um, it. Much like Sister Act, I don't know anything about nonsense other than it is about nuns and perhaps their sense. Hey, there you go. That's all we need, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I think goodbye then. Yeah, I think goodbye. Um, but yeah, this was a nice, quick and dirty little episode. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me um, too. I, it's always good for us to check out the content that is not purely like Broadway musical. It's always nice to see the original source material. Yeah, and I like surprising you and putting you in the hot seat for once. Yeah, I had a really good time being the bitch. Let yeah. me tell you. I learned a lot. How was being the Broadway for you? Oh, call me daddy from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Broadette, nope. Nope, didn't work. Didn't work. Thought it would sound better than it did. It did not. Dadway. Dadway. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the winner. Dadway. <laughs> okay. Um, let's stop recording. You're welcome for listening to It's Broadway Bitch. If you like what we had to say, then please like, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have thoughts, feelings, opinions, or stories about theater or what we talked about, you can email us at itsbroadwaybitch at gmail.com. That's itsbroadwaybitch with no I in bitch at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at itsbroadwaybitch, no I in bitch. And you can follow me, Christina, at chit and chat for pictures of my cats on Instagram. And you can follow me, Alana, on Instagram and Twitter at Alana Fine Woman, like Feynman, but I'm a lady. Special thanks to Katie Braverman for designing our cover art and Jack Larkin for making our theme music. You can follow them at katie.braverman and at jacksterlark on Instagram and check out the episode's description for links. I'm Alana. I'm the Broadway. I'm Christina. I'm the bitch. And we'll see you next time. It's 